Welcome to the Boy Open Up Podcast, where we go from tangled to unpacked. I'm your emotionally shattered host, Doug Hildreth, <laughs> and with me as always is my codependent black belt, Christine Stacy. What started as a 30-day social media challenge has blossomed into a rapidly growing movement across the globe where we break down life and society through feelings. The topics and discussions on this podcast are adult in nature, so listener discretion is advised. We want to remind everybody that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely our own and nobody else's. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and family. We are back for another episode of Boy Open Up. We are. And we're smack dab in the middle of the Olympics. We are. Which is a lot of fun. And smack dab in the middle of a car. We are. (laughs) That's true. We are actually recording this smack dab in the middle of a car. Uh, right before we're about to go out on a date. We are. So this is new. Yes. This is fun. It's a different way of doing it. We had to squeeze it in somewhere, sometime, and so here we are sitting in a parking spot. Yeah, like literally just uh, we've talked about life is busy and life is crazy and not in a bad way. Today was just a really busy day. Yesterday was a really busy day and this was when we could get the episode in. Yep. So we're doing it. We are doing it. And yeah. we were just talking about the Olympics. And I've been spending the day avoiding social media today because... Yep, because you want to watch live. I want to watch it, yeah, live. Live-ish. Ish, because it already happened at 3 a.m. So I want it to be new for me to know what happened with the gymnastics And how team. it all plays out. Yeah, so that's where we're at. We are. Yeah, and so we were sitting here, and I was like, okay, you know, these are the things I'd like to discuss today. And you said, what if we talked about just the way sports and athletics and things like that have impacted your life? Yeah, I think it's something for those of you who enjoy this podcast because you, it sounds funny for me to say this, but because you enjoy us yeah. and share the topics, but uh, enjoy us. All three or four <laughs> of you out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is an area of our life that I feel like we have had in common and we've both been pretty active most of our life. Um, but we also both, I would say have a different relationship with fitness and sports. Uh, but then there's also some similarities. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what, what you, you will, uh, designate as the differences. Well, Well, I would say in general, you can tell me if I'm wrong, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, that you are more the, the addict in the relationship <laughs> and I'm more the, the mm. normal lazy one. Just guns blazing. Yeah. The first statement is just... <laughs> <laughs> it just came up. I said let's, I was lazy. Let's unpack that a little bit, though. That was that was impressive. You get passionate and hooked on something. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're on the topic of the Olympics, <laughs> I am more of the Australian swim coach. Yes. When it comes to go. exercise. If you guys have not seen that clip. It is epic. What do they Google? Like, what do they No, search? literally, all you have to do is type in Australian swim coach, and it's everywhere. <laughs> Now, he's his own meme. And honestly, I literally relate to that level of passion. Yes. And I mean it. That's what was funny was like, so like you were laughing because you were like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Look how he's behaving. And I was like, 
that's exactly how I am in the stands at a football game. Yeah. That's how I am in the stands when you were competing as an athlete. That was me on the side of the floor moving the barricades closer and closer to the competition floor so people could see me or see, yep. you know, so you could hear me. Like I was just fucking crazy. Yeah. And I totally relate. I loved seeing that level of passion. Like that's a guy I would want to work out with. Yes. That's a guy I'd want to compete for and with because that's the kind of that's the kind of passion I bring to sports. It's true. That's what I meant by that comment. Passion. Mm-hmm. The addict equals passion. That's what that means. Yes. So you're not passionate about sports. Uh, I am. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, and so what is it meant for you? Because for you it is different. Um, your passion comes out in like a, in a really quiet way mm-hmm. in a, in like a deep competitive nature. Yes. It does. Like in a, in, and I don't want to like say this oddly, but in a weirdly competitive way, like you are so competitive mm-hmm. that you have this, and in, not in a bad way, like this silent rage yes. that takes over inside you where you have to win. Yep. And I think that's how I was when I was younger competing. I felt that way. And I think outside of my coaches, which is partly why I love gymnastics so much, I knew they believed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, yeah, I wasn't flashy or anything. I was definitely on the quieter side. No. Uh, More of a workhorse. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, how I was in CrossFit too. Well, and I like to think of myself as quieter. <laughs> As a, Not at all. But as, a, I, as a competitor. You could... I feel like there's something different about the way we compete, though. Uh-huh. I, I want to beat people for sure. And I definitely, like... I'm always kind of competing. But I work out to go to the competition and to compete. And you kind of compete and do that every single day. like. Yeah, every day I show up. And work hard, like I'm competing. Yes. Well, and I do compete in terms of, like, how I train with you. Right. Uh, or other people. Like, that's just, that's my mentality. Yeah. Um, that's the way I was raised. I was raised to bring it every day. And I can't say I care less about the actual competition itself. But I'll say that as I've grown older, the actual showing up to the competition and competing, if it was individual for me... Mm-hmm was so mentally and emotionally taxing, it wasn't fun. Right. Uh, so it, for me, it was hard to show up and really engage yeah. in the true nature of competitive sport yeah. because I was so stressed out and I was so full of fear and so full of anxiety and it really had nothing to do with the sport itself. It was all of the baggage and the bullshit that I was trying to keep hidden, mm-hmm. you know, my whole life, my whole adult life. So those were the things that weighed on me when I went and did these things. And it made it so that there was no space in my head for the emotional gravity of a competition. Mm-hmm. So I tended to be better in the day-to-day grind. Right. And then showing up for the three-day competition on my own was so much that, honestly, it, it wrecked me. Yeah. Uh, it ruined me. Whereas it was different for you. You were the opposite. Yeah. Where you were certainly competitive every day in the gym, but you live for training for yes. the three-day competition. Yeah. And you live for being on the floor and having that moment or moments. Yes. And I'm that way on a team. Uh, there was enough emotional safety yeah. in being on a team that I could actually peel back and be vulnerable and fail 
yeah. and be okay with failing and, and, and perform at a really high level and be concerned about the results. Yeah. Uh, and when I say fail, I just mean lay it all out there. So fun question, throw mm-hmm. it in there. So do you have a favorite Olympic moment for you of all time that you watched or all time? Yeah. Hands down two thousand or 1996 Atlanta, Georgia, watching um, the men's 200 and men's 400 world records be broken. Oh. They now since... Uh, Running. Yep. Yeah. Or sprinting. Yep. Would that be a sprint? Too? Yep. Michael Johnson okay. uh, at that time was... He shattered the 200 record, which has now been broken by Usain Bolt since then. Okay. By a very small margin, but still broken and then watching him do the same thing in the 400 meter which has not been touched since since 1996 it was just a remarkable like like transcendent moment and that made me fall in love with track and field which i grew up and competed in after that because watching michael johnson run in his gold nike spikes that was like it was. Do the, you remember those? I well, everybody does yeah. because it was iconic. He yeah. wore gold spikes because he was going to win the gold. Yeah, <laughs> y- you know, and he shattered the two hundred meter record, and it was so cool to see him because uh, he had a unique, very upright running style that was almost iconic in itself. Yeah, his strike pattern like this is me getting into nerding out on track and field was just different than everybody else's and at the time he broke the world record by over three tenths of a second which in a sprint is i mean shattering it oh really that's unheard of yeah you break a world record in a sprint by a hundredth of a second it's a big deal and he broke the world record by by 32 hundredths of a second almost an entire third of a second which is insane you remember the exact number of course i do <laughs> yeah it was just phenomenal and his time of 43.18 still stands and no american or anybody has really even glimpsed it yeah. since 96 which is truly phenomenal when you think about that being 25 years old now yeah to last a quarter of a century in the most advanced athletic era in human history mm-hmm what about you? I bet I know the answer to this. Oh, I don't know if you do. What was your most iconic Olympic moment? Probably the 96 Olympics also. I know. Yeah, I spent the whole Olympics. So gymnastics has, you know, mm-hmm. team and individual all around and individual events. So there's like kind of three different main competitions. Yep. And then there's kind of the qualifiers to all those ones so there's lots of different competitions and i spent the whole week recording every single one on vhs yeah <laughs> every single Full one vhs <laughs> yes. there's there's some dating of ourselves yep so i was watching the team final and mm-hmm. recording it on vhs when carrie strug hurt her leg and like she had to make this vault and i bawled i just cried and uh and i too I mean, I was doing gymnastics at the time, but that, like, I feel like is, I got real serious yeah, well, about it. Well, it was an iconic moment for yeah. women's gymnastics. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to relive that, too. I mean, even I remember that, and I never did gymnastics yeah. or was interested in it. But to me, when I think of women's USA gymnastics pre-Simone Biles, yeah. that's all you think about. Yeah. And I got to, they did the 
tryouts or the trials, excuse me, for gymnastics that year in Boston. Oh, wow. So okay. I got to go see that team get formed. Oh, so yeah. So it carried a lot of weight for you. Yeah. So yeah. I was just No, that super makes sense. Um, so, yes. So how do you feel like you... Okay, let's let's think more about outside of us. If we get a lot of people into the gym that are coming in in their mind first and foremost to make physical changes, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's weight loss or just overall health or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I want to say every single person that walks in the door has something else going on. Absolutely. Uh, that they are mm. looking for help with, or not even help with. They are looking for healing mm-hmm. and kind of finding strength within themselves. So what's your question? Whatever it could be. So my question is, if you were helping someone, if you had someone, and you have had people reach out based on this podcast, like, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. I need help with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious what you would recommend when it comes to fitness or physical activity. Um, sure, we've recommended counseling to people and that kind of yeah. thing. But would you recommend fitness to someone? Uh, why? I'm just curious what kind of weight you think. Oh, 100% I would. Yeah, that's like without a doubt. Uh, unless for some reason it was wildly apparent that the person was incapable of exercise, which that's an entirely different thing. Yeah. Right. They most likely wouldn't be reaching out to us at that point, but to a large degree, any human being is capable of activity. And that's why, because being active is so good for our brains and our mental health and our emotional health. So what have you, I mean, you've been working with people for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And helping them physically. Yep. And secondary, yeah. you've been a counselor. Yeah. So the majority of it is mental. Yeah. So what have you seen with your clients that um, that they've? How has it transformed people? How has it helped them? It's empowering. That that's the biggest thing is when people find their power, mm-hmm. and they find their source of inner strength, and they find almost their internal voice. Right? Because we all have that internal monologue that's always playing. And when that monologue begins to change from no, you can't to yes, I can, Hmm. that is an incredibly empowering and changing experience for a human being. And that's what I focus on all the time. Like, that's a big thing that for me had to change. I told myself, no, you can't. You're never going to be good enough. That was the voice I heard all the time when I was a little kid. You'll never amount to anything you're pathetic, you name it, all the things, you're so stupid for thinking you could do this, all the things you know we say to ourselves with relative ease that we would never say to another human being. Right, yeah. You know what I'm, which Mm -hmm. I'm, it's just fascinating. But at some point in my life, you know, as I started doing all of this work, you start to learn lessons without realizing that you're learning the lesson. Right. Lived experience becomes inevitable and if you start to pay attention to your lived experience, you start realizing you know a lot more than maybe you even realized. Mm -hmm. It's just intrinsic. And some point in my life it became, yes, I can. Mm -hmm. And I actually say that all the time now, even when I doubt myself Hmm. about anything, because I have to remind myself as soon as those, it's weird. It's like that. It's our shame, right? As soon as my shame creeps in, 
my voice, internal voice, is always that it's weird that it'll still revert to that. Like, you can't do that. You, right. you don't deserve that. You don't belong on that stage. You're not a good enough leader to do that. Yeah. You're too imperfect. Yeah. And and then very quickly, though, I now have this kind of instant buck back, like, in my own body where, like, emotionally, I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Now I have to show you. Mm-hmm. Now I have to show you, Mr. Shame, <laughs> that I can and will do this thing. Right. Yeah, I... Now that you say that, it's kind of funny when we get new clients in, I would say nine times out of 10, they are really nervous about not being able to do certain movements or whatever it will be. And there's generally going to be some, I don't want to say negativity, but doubt of like, oh, they usually say something. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm slow at learning things, whatever it is. And I feel like I don't put a lot of, I mean, I encourage them for sure, but it's more like I don't put a lot of stock into it because you just know over the course of a few weeks what, you know, I've seen every single person who comes in, what they yes. are capable of doing. They just don't know yet. Correct. And so it's kind of fun. It's like a fun game almost to wait and just be our, our on-ramping our, our new member program is three weeks. And almost, that's like the perfect amount of time by the three-week mark yes. that things start to click a little. And they realize like, oh, I can do this. And how many of them think they'll say, I have one client who's like, I literally drove by multiple times for a year Thinking like, oh, I just need to get into the other gym first. Before I can show up to this gym. And get fit so I can come here. But I really want to go here. And then finally, after a year, she just walked in the door. And she's killing it. Uh, And people just don't know. Well, and think about the ripple effect of that. Not just in her life, right? Like in terms of what that says to to her, to their children, to their family, to their Mm -hmm. friends. About what we're really capable of Mm -hmm. in terms of true change. And, And that's the thing, like. You know, to get back to the broader aspect of what you brought up today and how athletics and sports have impacted my life is that, um, you know, a lot of people say, like, sports are, you know, build character. And I really don't believe in that. I believe that sports are more revealing Hmm. of what our true character is. Okay. But I also believe that sport can be therapeutic. Yeah. And exercise can be therapeutic and health and activity can be therapeutic. Because they are empowering, because they're freeing, because they force growth. Because, you know, we talk about this a lot of the time when we train somebody and we get in there and and we do push them. And this is what's funny is that people that listen to this that don't know a lot about, you know, mixed modal training or anything like that will assume that that means like we're pushing people to their limits. Yeah. But I just talk about when you push someone to their physical limit, you're not actually testing their physical limitation. You're testing their emotional capacity. Yeah. And that's what's shockingly revealing about athletics and training. Yes, 100%. Is that it comes down to the emotional capacity of the individual. And when you start digging into that and really seeing what somebody's capable of handling or withstanding, or more importantly, you find out what they've been fucking battling for 10, 15, 20, 30 years and carrying around with them, then you start to understand why they've struggled with weight loss or why they've struggled with motivation mm-hmm. or why they struggle with self-confidence. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, no shit. You've been carrying this 70-pound rock around your neck, and it's called shame. Yeah. And now we're going to start slowly because it, we're not counselors. Mm-hmm. 
And they're not paying us for counseling, even though they are. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to slowly start to pull that, that thread. Yeah. And slowly start to unravel mm. that ball of yarn. Right. And as they become more empowered, more capable, more understanding of what they can do, then all of a sudden that ball of shame, that weight gets a lot lighter. Yeah. And they can carry it with greater ease. Literally because they're physically stronger. Right. Which is a fascinating correlation that physical strength can relate to emotional strength in the right setting. Right. It also can be incredibly negative and toxic in the wrong setting. Yeah. <laughs> but when empowered and when there's empathy involved and when there's true love and nurturing that goes on inside the gym and inside the relationship between the coach and the client, it's transformative. Yeah. So as we wrap up... Mm -hmm. What event are you most looking forward to watching this week, this upcoming week? What's always for me the sprints. Okay. Yeah, that like I mean I was a sprinter, I was a long jumper. I I love watching the sprints. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say that it'll be interesting this year. There's a the hundred meter dash has kind of a unique story. The the person that's favored to win is an American. Okay. And he's actually battled back from some really tragic injuries over the last few years so okay. it's pretty remarkable huh. that he is where he is he hasn't lost a race this year oh wow like in over a year he hasn't lost a hundred meter dash so he's heavily favored to win so that'll be fun to watch uh, i also am very excited for the 110 meter men's hurdles oh. the american there's one oregon duck oh. that should do very well but there's also the the number one seed out of the world is the current world record holder and he looks primed to, to break his world mm. record, which there's nothing more exciting than seeing truly true world history. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm most excited for. Uh, I can't wait to watch it all and see it all unfold and yeah. live it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for opening up with us. We hope you got something out of this episode. And if you did or you need to connect more, please feel free to reach out, contact us through our website, email us uh, at boyopenup. Reach out to us on social media. We're here to help and support you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Hey.